All right, everyone, welcome to another the Bottled Up podcast. We are fighting technical issues tooth and nail. However, we've made it through, and we're here with a special guest, personal friend. Actually, you introduce yourself. Let's go from there. What's up, everybody? I'm Anthony Alfredo. I want to thank Jeff for having me on the show. I'm excited to be here and chat with you all for a little bit. Absolutely, and we're happy to have you. So, first and foremost, you killed it in the X, or not, I almost said Xfinity series. You killed it in the KN series last year, made quite a few starts, and did pretty well, actually, and scored yourself a win. So, going from there, what is next for this year? Well, this year I'm going to be running 13 races in the NASCAR Gander Outdoors Truck Series for DGR Crosley. So I'm very excited about that. It's a big step in my career and very looking forward to competing at the national level just because, you know, it's a dream that all of us have growing up is to reach a national level. And that's the first of the the three top tiers of NASCAR. So hopefully we have a really great year and, and maybe can even add on some more races if we gain some more support from sponsors or maybe some even some even some new sponsors um and then maybe go full-time in the truck series in 2020 but we're definitely looking forward to this part-time schedule for now and and gonna try to make the most of it i got a great group of guys around me and a lot of confidence working with david gillen as a team owner and driver coach and um all the guys that are going to be on my team as well yeah, it's certainly exciting stuff. And you did some ARCA racing last year, and you were at the ARCA test in Daytona. Was that all with DGR? Yeah, last year I actually ran my two ARCA races with MDM Motorsports, a team I competed in the K&N Pro Series East with. But the ARCA test at Daytona this year, uh, I went to hang out and learn some things. Uh, Todd Gillen and Natalie Decker, my two teammates, were testing and I went down with the team to learn some stuff. So that was nice. Start building the chemistry with the guys early on because uh, the crew I'm using is going to be on Todd's team for that ARCA race, which is great. Um, I think they'll have a good shot at it, judging by how the test went. And, you know, just just trying to build that chemistry early on before we even get going with the season. And it's, it's funny you mention uh, Natalie Decker because she actually was on the show – Earlier last year, earlier in the year last year, and ha- she was a fun guest to have on. So it's funny, small world, I suppose it is, because she was also over at MDM, wasn't she? Yeah. She was actually at Venturini last year. Oh, that's right, Venturini. And the year before that, too, I believe. That's right. That's right. Now I'm remembering. Yeah, that's my bad on that. But yeah, the architest went well, like you mentioned. You guys were you were running up front for a while, weren't you? Yeah, Todd, uh, Todd and Natalie both were very quick. The cars were good. Um, I know the, their single car speeds were great, and they were also very good in the draft, which is obviously the most important thing. So um, we're all very excited to go back down for the ARCA race and obviously the truck race as well. I, I unfortunately won't be competing in the truck race because I'm not approved yet because I've only made one ARCA start on a mile and a half. Um, I need more of those, and I'd have to run. Uh, otherwise, I'd have to run the ARCA race at Daytona to get approved, but that wasn't uh, feasible for me at the time. So uh, we're going to start at Atlanta the following week. That'll be our first race of the year. But anyways, um, I think uh, David Gillen's going to run the truck at Daytona and definitely think with his experience and the team's, um, you know, equipment that they'll have a good shot at it in that race as well absolutely and he was running well at talladega last year and then i think there was a late race incident but that's in the past looking forward to the future you mentioned your first race is atlanta and 
you also do streaming on the side, and I saw you turning laps there a couple nights ago. So I I know you're. I can only imagine how excited you are for it. It's gonna be, it's gonna be interesting for the first time sitting and watching a race on TV and going, oh, like there's Anthony. I know him, and I'll be talking to him later probably. So that's I mean that's cool for me personally, but I can only imagine. Like, is there some way you can try and even put into words the emotions you've got going forward to be in your first truck series race? No, I, I can't, honestly. It's still pretty surreal to me ever since I first signed the contract and ever since it was honestly just a consideration in the first place, you know, it was crazy. And to be in the shop and see the trucks being built that I'm going to be driving and my seats in them and my name on the door is just something I've always dreamed of. And it's, it's pretty crazy. Like I said, it's very surreal and um, I'm really looking forward to it. I got a lot of people who support me and I have a great just group of, uh, partners that have helped made this year possible obviously my family is my biggest supporters and and all my fans as well just because it's it's just cool to have these people who've grown with me since i was racing late models and um i always try to engage with them like you said i stream and for those who like to you know play any video games with me or even i race and stuff like that so that they could race against me is a blast and to take that community and all of us grow together is really fun so it's going to be a big year for not just me but my whole um, my whole fan base and all my friends and family. Absolutely. And you mentioned iRacing there. And for anyone uh, that doesn't know, I do iRacing as well. And last night, what was that, January 18th, was our first race together on the same team. Uh, Anthony and I with, you know, the other team that I'm with on the league. What's <laughs> what's one word you would use to sum up that race for you and one word to sum it up for the team there? Horrible for me or disastrous, <laughs> whichever you prefer. And I don't know what to call it for the rest of you guys. Maybe maybe bittersweet, not sure. I got wrecked by the same guy twice and you only get one full repair on the car, so I was done. <laughs> um but well technically that wasn't our first race because we ran the night before we ran a shorter race that's true and and we had a good race but that wasn't you know as big a race as last night last <laughs> night was a big deal and it was a lot of fun but we're gonna do it a lot more and i like i tried to live stream as long as my internet's good it was a friday night and that's really bad because i live in an apartment with a lot of people on the internet but <laughs> it's fun to, to live stream it so you know any of you who want to come tune in and watch it you can see jeff and i and and our friends all race together on the same team and go for some wins. Yeah, it was, uh, it's the iRacing East series for anyone interested in, in iRacing that watches, you know, the league on there. It's, it's pretty competitive and, you know, we were, at least I like to think we were giving you a run for your money until you got dumped by the triple seven three times, <laughs> but it's, it's fun. It's broadcast. Like Anthony said on his channel, it's on YouTube. You can go to iRacingEseries.com and watch it there every Friday night at eight thirty. And I, I imagine Anthony's going to be there. I can't speak on his behalf, obviously, like even though you're on the other end of the phone, I, I imagine you're going to be there for most of the races that don't interfere with your actual real racing, <laughs> but <laughs> who knows? It's, it's, it was interesting. Yeah. Uh, we're in the playoffs now and, and, since it's as real racing as my brother and I and our friends on the team will get to do besides Anthony, of course, we take it seriously. So emotions got hot last night. People were, I say people, I I was very stressed and excited, but 
Yeah, so there's there's always that. And I think we talked about you're looking to do more iRacing. And you do the NASCAR Heat 3 with uh, Xbox and all that other stuff. So you, you really do stay involved, don't you? Yeah, I try to. It's, I, it's a lot of fun. And for me, I've just always been into gaming. So streaming and, and all that. And even YouTube, which I do a lot of vlogs and stuff on there. You know, that's been something I've always been interested in before I even started racing and to finally pick that up. And I think the coolest part is to, like, combine my community from racing into that world. And I do what what I call Racing with Fans is a series I have where I live stream it on Twitch. And if you got Xbox One and NASCAR E3, um, a bunch of us get together and race and you guys can compete against me. And I do the same thing on iRacing for those of you who have iRacing, which is fun as well. So I kind of make it possible for, for both people, you know, who have one or the other. Uh, I don't have a PS4, but I'm looking to get one so that I could do it with people who have NASCAR 3 for PS4 as well. Um, but it's, it's pretty awesome. I just, I like gaming and I like playing with you guys and, and it's, some of you guys are, are pretty darn good, especially at iRacing too. I mean, <laughs> Jeff, you and your buddies last night, it was, it was fun. I mean, I actually have to work my butt off to race with you guys, so it's fun. <laughs> oh, it was it was a blast. And I remember there was I, – I, I like to, you know, go into stories and everything with the podcast, so forgive me if I get sidetracked. But you and I were racing – gosh, what was that? I think we did a practice Wednesday night, just an hour of practice. And there was one point – I think you and I won that practice – but we just went out and raced against everyone else on the team, and you and I just linked up and flew flew away from everyone else. And that was the night you got raided on stream and got like 50, 50 followers. So we did another race at Watkins Glen, and everyone hated that track. <laughs> that was... <laughs> Well, yeah, that was horrible. It's not this. It's not. I I realized very quickly that it's not updated like real life, where it actually has curbs. So when you hit, what you just go straight grass if you try to grab it. And I learned that the hard way by eating the wall. But I mean, I had fun. I won that race. Nick dumped me. Our teammate dumped me, but I still won the race. So like, it's yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. We're gonna be doing a lot more racing as 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 much as I can. At least I'll be on there. Right, and we we need to start jumping into like the public lobbies and racing against you know just the normal leagues and everything. The issue is you're in the D class license series, which is hands down the worst racing I've ever seen. It is worse than rookie class because people that race D people that race rookie class, it's half rookies that just run the back and half like pros that are just racing it for fun. D class, yeah, everyone there is a D class driver, and it is horrible so. yeah i'm not gonna lie i've ran like two of the street stock races or, or maybe it's it's actually probably been more than that or i think i've won two or three um just trying to get my rank up but i mean usually i use iRacing racing to test for my actual events but now i'm getting into racing on a little bit more i'm gonna work on that so that i can run more competitive lobbies but it is hard to get out of d-class racing with those people you, <laughs> you get wrecked a lot yeah and it does not help because it pulls your your i rating back down I'm going to, you know what, I'm going to sign in and we're going to announce live on the show Anthony Alfredo's stats, stats, excuse me. But like you said, you use it a lot to test like for when you're going to be racing. Is it as realistic as they say where, because obviously I don't, I'm not going to be, I don't have the skill or the means or anything to jump into an actual truck series truck. But if you put me in one in iRacing, yeah, I, I can run competitively. So is it as similar 
uh, as iRacing puts forward that it, it it's as close as you can get to driving a real race car without putting on a fire suit, even though you can put on a fire suit, and I'm really mad that you didn't last night for the race. <laughs> yeah, I might have to do that sometime. That'd be hilarious. But um, no, I think I think it definitely is the closest thing to real life that you can get. It's obviously, you know, digital, electronic, it's a simulation. They scan the track, so the tracks are pretty real, but the feel you have just isn't there because, you know, you only you only feel it in the steering wheel. You don't have that seat of your pants feeling or, or any of the G-force or anything like that. And even, like, I would imagine full motion rigs because I don't have one, but I'd imagine even those, you know, that's replicated. You can't – it's not going to be exactly the same. And, and I – I know a lot of people who swear by it. Like they say it helps them a ton. For me, it helps me with the visual, but not the feel at all. Like the line and stuff it does, but what you feel out of the car isn't really that realistic to me. But I think that's probably because I was doing real racing before I was doing iRacing, unlike some of the other people. So that's one thing to consider. But like I said, it definitely is the closest thing you can get. And, um, you know, it's not, it's definitely not a substitute for real race car seat time, but it's a great supplement. So that's what we all utilize to uh, just try to keep the rust off and, and stay, you know, focused. And um, I guess you could say stay fresh. Huh? Yeah, that's interesting. Because I've talked to a few drivers about it. Like if you talk to William Byron, he swears. Oh, he, by yeah, it. he's one of the ones who swears by it. Right. And like Ty Majeski, they all think. So, like it's incredible which I, I do too i mean like if it weren't for that you know there's a lot of places i'd go and just be like wow like you know now you have to go out here and just get the whole visual cues and all that stuff but i think the biggest thing is the feel you, you know of what you feel out of the car isn't very close but for the visuals it's a huge advantage yeah and to be fair time majeski is the number one rated i racer like in the world so I, I imagine he w- – I would hope he would swear by it. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Huh. Yeah, that's I, – I, I really never thought that drivers would say, yeah, absolutely. Like, that's as close as you can get. Going back to the fire suit comment, for anyone that, that doesn't get that, and I imagine nobody really does, uh, I was texting Anthony yesterday, and I told him, listen, you're going to be live streaming the race, and – you need to go put on your fire suit. And he goes, no, it's going to be way too hot and all that. I was like, okay, fair. I'll go put on a fire suit that I have here in the dorm if you go put on yours. And I haven't gotten him talked into it yet. However, tweet him on Twitter, tweet me on Twitter, at Balled Up Radio, at Anthony. What is your Twitter handle? Is it just at Anthony Alfredo, I think? Yeah, it's, it's at Anthony F. Alfredo. Oh. I had to put my middle initial in there because somebody had my name taken. <laughs> huh. Strange. That's but. what. Uh, that's all. All my social media is at, except for my Twitch channel where I live stream. That's actually uh, um, a Alfredo underscore plays. Right. So tweet at me. Tweet at Anthony. Um, Instagram. Any you know anywhere else that you can find me or him. Just tell him you want to see him in a fire suit on a live stream when when he's doing iRacing racing with the league and or you know a practice or whatever. But if you guys can convince him to do it, I will do it too. I'll wear a fire suit, and I'll probably be on the live stream with him. So if you want to see that, make it happen, because I'm still trying to. But <laughs> we're not we're not here to peer pressure Anthony. We're, we're here to talk to him and, and 
get a feel for for him, I guess, outside of the track as well as coming up with plans for next year. And I don't know how much I can say on the upcoming plans because I think I know something that maybe should not be announced, so I'm not going to say anything on it. But So we're going to, I guess, streamline into the next thing. So now that you're going to be a truck series, where did you come from? You mentioned late models, and I don't know if you did street stocks. You have you have two wins on iRacing, by the way. Good call there. I wanted to confirm that. So you came from late models, and how did you get started in that? Uh, well, really, it all started, I had gotten into a legend car when I was 15 years old, so only four, just over four years ago now I've been racing, which is pretty crazy, because um, that's not very long compared to most of the kids my age, and not to mention it, it to me, it feels like yesterday, <laughs> just because right. time's flown by, by, I've been having so much fun, and I've been so fortunate, but um, starting in the legend car, it was the end of the year in I'm from Connecticut, so it was the end of the season up there, and I ran at Bethel Motor Speedway in New York. I ran, I think, the last two races of the year. So we came to North Carolina to run Winter Heat because we had heard about that, as well as Winter Nationals in Orlando, Florida. And um, by that point, I had ran probably 10 or 12 Legend Car races, like barely any. Um, and I met Lee Falk. He, he was actually at the track and had watched me and invited me to test one of his limited late models at the time, and, and I ended up running a just about a full season for him in limited late models in 2015 and the following year i ran a mix of limited late models and late model stocks just a couple late model stock starts and we actually won a limited late model touring series championship which was very cool um they pretty much taught me everything i knew about racing at that time and then from there i actually was (laughs) blessed beyond belief to get the opportunity to drive Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s late model over at Junior Motorsports and be teammates with Josh Berry, their professional late model driver. And, you know, I learned so much from racing with him and all the competitors in the cars tour where I ultimately finished second in the point standings after winning two races. And I also won the the fall brawl, which is a pretty prestigious late model race at Hickory Motor Speedway, which that wasn't a part of the series. That was just a NASCAR well in American series event. But had a great year with them, and that's what opened the door to go K&N racing last year with MDM Motorsports, and obviously actually competed against DGR Crosley in K&N, but I had known David. I actually met him. I think he introduced himself to me while I was racing late models, so you know, I met him a little bit while back, and it kind of just came back together at the end of last season, but that's pretty much how, that, how my career has been propelled from late models to where I am now. Oh my goodness. And like you said, in only four years, that's pretty incredible. And a lot of meeting the right people at the right time and impressing them. So that's pretty, wow, that is really incredible. And and from Connecticut too. I mean, I'm from Massachusetts originally and it had almost slipped my mind that you were from. I, like I knew you were from there, but it slipped my mind because I, you know, I associate you with North Carolina since that's, you know, where you, where you were living when we met. But yeah, and, and New England, Connecticut is all about open wheel racing sk mods you know the wheeling series and all that and i i guess it's fine excuse me it's funny that you've you know come this far without ever having raced one of those open wheel series you're probably one of the only new england guys to never jump into a wheeling mod but that's that's really incredible with jg uh with junior motorsports and everything else wow i I really appreciate that thank you yeah I, i like you said just um, I'd love to hop in a modified sometime, but that's not my roots. Like a lot of the New Englander 
racer as it you know it is for them but um being from ridgefield connecticut not many people watch racing there you know i grew up playing i did race go-karts when i was younger um for quite a few years and it wasn't anything crazy i mean you can go to your indoor place and uh, indoor go-kart track and maybe your nearby city or town and compete um throughout the year in different leagues and stuff and that's exactly what i did so i you know it's not a big investment. We didn't own our own carts, anything like that. That's all. I, that was all my racing experience before I had gotten started. And um, like I said, being from Connecticut, I just grew up a NASCAR fan and kind of loved racing, but I'd never actually done it. And that's where I wanted to pursue it and got my feet wet with the legend car stuff. And it, you know, fell in love with it, realized it was my passion and it took off from there. So, um, you know, kind of ditched lacrosse and all those sports I was playing at the time. I was a freshman in high school playing on the lacrosse team and um, actually had to switch to online school because I was traveling to North Carolina so much for the late model racing that I would miss too many school days a year and because they weren't medical excuses. So I had to withdraw and uh, transfer to an online school. And then ultimately that what brought, that's what brought me to North Carolina. Obviously it's the heart of, racing country i guess you could say the charlotte and mooresville area so um i reside right between the two um and go to unc charlotte where i study engineering and you know i'm right between school and the race shop which is perfect so that's kind of what brought me here um you know 700 miles away from home and uh, i miss my family and all that but i'm pursuing a career my passion and i'm super fortunate to be able to do that yeah, it seems like it's going well and can only go uphill from here. That's my goodness. And I'll tell you what, don't say that you want to drive a wheel and modified because someone listening will make that happen. So unless you really mean it, <laughs> you you'd better <laughs> I do mean it if I have if oh. I have a sponsor for it or the right opportunity came along. Okay. All right. I'd race anything and I'd race anything if I could. Anything with four wheels and a motor. Have you ever been up to uh, Stafford Motor Speedway? Yes, I've been there. I never raced there, though. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. If you're going to be up in, uh, you know, near there at all over the summer or any Friday night or anything, I'm going to be working. It seems now that I'm going to be working for a uh, street stock and late model. And I think they have a, I think they have an SK light, but. I'm working for a team and they, and they, you know, basically rent the cars out. So if, if you're up there, I am sure it would be no problem at all to get you into one of those. So sounds like a plan. All right. Well, there's that. There's always that. So I don't want to take up your entire night. And plus we might, I don't know. We might end up racing later. Who knows? (laughs) But, um, the one thing I do always ask everyone that comes on the show is, what was the the first car you ever drove? Not non race car, just like your first regular street car that you drove. Um, I don't. Well, my my first vehicle is the one I still have, which is my my 2012 GMC Sierra. So I drive a, a pickup truck. Um, that's my first vehicle. The first car I drove, I think, was probably just a, a work truck. Uh, my dad does construction, and I was. I think 13 years old driving it to the job site, which I probably shouldn't have been doing at the time. <laughs> probably. Um, but I, I, that, that's actually where my roots are in site development and, and commercial building. And I did that, you know, 
pretty much a majority of my life. I always tell people up until probably this point in my career, I've had more seat time on excavators and bulldozers than I have on in race cars, actually. So <laughs> um, I'd say I'd say the first thing I ever drove was an excavator at five years old. Um, five years, you know, and yeah, I yeah, I was operating machinery for my dad, you know, ever since I was five years old. So that's definitely the first thing that came long before I drove a car. <laughs> and you see now why I ask like that question because you know I I started asking that and I thought I'd get responses like oh it, you know a Toyota Corolla or whatever, but wow that is that is up there. I think like the top three answers I've ever gotten was Corey LaJoy. He had uh, nineteen seventy two Pontiac I think it was or something like that but in the back was a TV and a Nintendo 64 that he hooked up so in order to to woo women he would say hey you want to go play Mario Kart in the back of my car and (laughs) would whip out two controllers and beat them in Mario Kart so there's that Uh, and then also probably actually Natalie Decker's response of it was like an old beat up car that like they would drive through the woods the muffler would fall off and they're you know they she wasn't tall enough to reach the pedals or anything else and they'd like push the car back whenever it broke down in the woods so you know what ask her about next time you see her because your teammates ask her about that and see what see what she says because it's it's quite a good story so but yeah that sounds good i'm gonna have i'm gonna have to find out about that one absolutely that is that is funny. Tell her bottled yeah. up, says hello, and she's welcome back anytime as well. <laughs> I will. Huh? Uh, I've, I've driven, I've driven uh, four wheelers, snowmobiles, all that stuff. But I'm telling you, I drove excavators and bulldozers and all kinds of stuff like that before I even drove those. <laughs> oh my goodness! I we actually back up in Massachusetts when I was in like sixth grade. My dad went out and bought like a bucket loader tractor, or basically just a tractor with a bucket loader on the front. And, you know, I would have been maybe like 13 at the time. And, you know, for the first like month, it was, oh, no, you can't drive it. Like, it's too dangerous. And then after a month, he's like, yeah, sure. You know, lightened up a bit. So, I I mean, I've got I I like drive tractors and, you know, plow and all that, but never like a full on bulldozer. So what was it exactly that you were driving at five? What do you mean? Like an excavator? Exactly. Um, I'm gonna have to dig up a picture and send it to you. I'll have to repost it on my social media. I have in the past. It was a, it was a, it was a smaller excavator. I, I can't remember the size exactly. Like probably like a Komatsu PC60 or something. Like a small machine. Um, but by the time I was, you know, probably nine or ten, I could run, you know, PC200s, which are the full size big ones you see on sites. I mean, I was loading dump trucks at 12 years old for my dad. So. <laughs> I definitely definitely been there, done that in the construction industry. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that is the closest thing I have that compares to that. Is there's like a picture of me. <laughs> my mom would never let me like drive even a tractor or anything, and so finally at seven years old, I was allowed to drive the family lawnmower. And so there's a picture of me like all bundled up in coats, and it's like maybe like fifty degrees out, but I'm bundled up in coats as safety. I've got a helmet on, <laughs> but. <laughs> Yeah, that's just, hilarious just, I, i'm telling you when you the when you're even now like you, i'm like a kid on the inside with like i said just cars race cars obviously but oh like, yeah heavy equipment like i'll just stay on those all day i love it <laughs> like you know i could easily do that all day long and or sit in a race car i just love machines or cars all that stuff and 
Um, like I said, when I was little, I was the only, like, I'd go to work with my dad and he, if he had a, like a machine that wasn't on the job, I would just go out and start digging random holes everywhere, like around the shop. And he'd come outside so mad at me. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, it's, you know, it's lunchtime. I'll fill them all back in. And by the end of the day, I'll be done. And it wouldn't even look like anything happened. And that was, that's like how I learned was I just hop on one and drive around and, and, and dig holes and stuff. And then, you know, I didn't get the advantage of being the boss's son. Trust me. Like when I started not just tagging along, but actually working for him and going to the site with a crew, you know, I had to work my way up. You know, I was in the trenches, trenches, shoveling dirt and gravel and all that stuff, you know, from 12 years old on. And then once I kind of earned, earned my stripes, I guess you could say I was able to, um, hop on machines and start doing you know some of the more intricate work and and things you know i i had earned because i i you know i always knew i could do it but my dad wasn't just gonna let me go do it you know i had to show you know everybody else that um i wasn't just getting some advantage or or the advantage of being the boss's son or anything like that you know i was gonna i was gonna earn it you know earn that position on the machine so i think now that i've been racing and i haven't been working for him every summer for the past couple of years i might have to start from scratch if i if i start doing that again <laughs> i might end up in the trenches if i go back oh man so are you going back up north for the summer then uh we'll see what my racing schedule looks like since you know i have some weeks off with my schedules um I'll probably be home a couple times, which will be really nice. I can imagine, yeah. Huh. Well, you know what? That's gonna be that's gonna be fun. You know, I'm I'm up from Wilbraham, Massachusetts, and I'm thinking I'm gonna be living there this summer. So if you're back up there, like we're gonna be doing live, bottled up, just Anthony and Jeff wild out, like something like that. Just... I'm down, dude. <laughs> We've got. Oh man, that's gonna be absolutely crazy. And then there's all the races up there as well. Like, I'm probably going to end up going to Watkins Glen, Dover, New Hampshire, Pocono. I might have already said that, but I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think of any other tracks really up there. Yeah, but I'm going to be all over the place doing media work. So we'll see. I'm sure we'll hang out and do stuff. So cool. Cool, cool. All right. Well, awesome. it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. If you want, I'll let you do the outro to the show. You know, this has been Bottled Up on Wiley Radio. Tune in next week, every Saturday. All right. I'll, I'm going to try here. It's right, here Hopefully we go. I don't butcher it. All right. This has been Bottled Up on Wiley Radio. I was your special guest, Anthony Alfredo. And come back every other Saturday for more. Boom. Nailed it. Everyone have a good one.